Tune in to Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app. Packer and Durham Power Hour is upon us on this Thursday as we continue to stream live on the ESPN app. Number for the show is 844-SAY-ACCN. Link Jarrett, baseball coach, Notre Dame, comes up here in about a half an hour. But we're not messing around because Danny Graves is ready to break down every single Super Regional known to man. And it's coming up right now. There he is. What's happening? Hey, guys. You know, now I know why that I wasn't allowed to come on at 930 because the link Jared is scheduled for 930, right? Right. Is that what yeah. you just said? But this is a half hour? Yeah. This, yeah. yeah, well, that's true. But this is the power hour. And you can't have a power hour if you don't have a strong leadoff man. So that's kind of how we're going here. It's kind of how we're doing. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I, I'm just glad that I don't have to follow up Link because that, that's going to be a great interview, and I, I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Hey, Danny, let's start with Virginia Tech here. Pack and I have spent a lot of time talking about the Hokies here today, and I'm sure we will tomorrow because they play, what, 4 o'clock or 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon at English Field in mm-hmm. Blacksburg. First time Super Regional, first time hosting Super Regional, and you get a brand, a College World Series brand, a team that's been successful like Oklahoma coming in. How important, and I said this only based on the couple times that I've broadcast and seen Super Regionals live, I feel like if you're the home team and you're first in the pool here and this is your first doing this and first doing that, you got to score early, especially if you're at home. You got to keep the pressure on the road team tomorrow because tomorrow feels like a game. If you lose tomorrow, you could be in real trouble if you're Virginia Tech. Right. So all eyes are on Virginia Tech because they are the number two team in the country and they're expected to beat everybody that they're playing right now. But that's a great point, Wes. I think. Um, them coming out scoring early will definitely uh, set the stage, but it's nothing new for them because they always score early. This offense scores at will, and um, that's what's special about them. And I know, yes, they are playing a, a powerhouse in Oklahoma, uh, but Oklahoma, I think what's go- what they have good going for them is Skip Johnson, their, their head coach. He's been around for quite some time, and he's been mm-hmm. at the College World Series with other teams, so he knows what he's doing, obviously, and I have a lot of respect for him. Um, so as far as what they have on the field, though, I think Virginia Tech is a lot better than they are. I think they, um, they hit better, obviously they can pitch better and, you know, their power numbers are are so much better. Uh, Oklahoma, I think has one guy that's in double digits and home runs on, on their team, but, um, to be able to do, to play at home in front of their crowd for the first ever super regionals is, is, is an amazing feeling, and I know these guys are pumped. And, uh, yeah, go out and score early early and often, right? Danny, when you get a situation like this, uh, and, and Virginia Tech is the only team of the 16 that are remaining that have never played in the Super Regional. So this is all brand. This is Christmas morning, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that is a beautiful thing where, you, hey, I don't worry about pressure, man. We don't know what this is like. We're just going to go out and play ball, man. We're just having a good time. we got a great team chemistry. We just rolled our regional. I don't care if it's Oklahoma or the New York Yankees. We're going to go play, man. We're going to go play ball. We're at home. we got the home. And then you get the flip side to it is, well, they have no experience. They've never seen anything. Which way do you fall with this one? Do you sit there and you play carefree and 
hey, man, we're just playing baseball, man. It doesn't get any better than this. Or is it the pressure of, oh, my God, we're hosting a Super Regional for the very first time. Here's Oklahoma, Big Bad, Big 12, all yada, yada. So how does that fall from a mental perspective as you get ready for this weekend? That's funny. The, the, hopefully they don't have to play the Yankees. The way the Yankees are playing right now, I don't think anybody can beat them. So. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> yeah. To, so to be to be honest with you, I, let me tell you a quick story about. So my freshman year at Miami, we make it to the College World Series, and the first game that I came in to pitch, uh, the late great legendary Ron Frazier was my coach, and he so he came and got the ball, and I come in the game, he gives me the ball, and and the only thing he says to me is, "Hey, uh, you know this is why I recruited you to come here and pitch in moments like this." And just him saying that as a freshman just made me feel like I belonged here. So with that story, I think Virginia Tech knows that they belong here. Even though it's their first time, they know that they belong in this position. They know they belong in this spot to um, that they're the, the favorite team to get to the World Series out of this Super Regional. So um, I've seen a lot of them, a lot of their games this year, and I've seen the way that they play. They don't seem to have much pressure on them uh, – you know, at, at any moment in the game, no moment is too big for them, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to say. And I know this is a first for all of them, but they love playing baseball so much and they love just hitting the ball out of the ballpark. They love the little sledgehammer celebration. Uh, they, they're they out there having fun. So I don't I really don't think that they're going to feel the pressure of this being their first time. All right, Danny, let's go to Chapel Hill, Arkansas, Carolina. Um, I mean, look. Scott Forbes comes back from the brink of the two-game. Carolina wins the Monday night deal. Vance Honeycutt, Osuna, just go down the roster here. They're pitching it pretty well, it feels like. It's a lot of momentum at Boschimer Stadium for for the weekend. Yeah. So, Danny Ceretti playing shortstop and hitting bombs yep. also. And, and little Mikey Madej. He, he, to me, is the guy that nobody talks about. And he's a spark plug. Uh, for that offense, but Vance Honeycutt, I, I think is, and I've said this before, he's eventually going to be a first rounder, possibly number one overall pick. He's that good. He's so fun to watch. He's so athletic, but the way that this team is playing and, you know, going through Charlotte and how they played in Charlotte and then coming through this, uh, this regional, I, I don't know if anybody can beat them right now. Everything seems to be going their way. Yes, they lost that one game four to three to Michigan or whoever they played. Now, see, I can't even think of who they played. VCU. Whoever they lost to, VCUs. Yeah, so they lost the one game to VCU four to three uh, on some controversial calls. Forbes gets thrown out, suspended, and next thing you know, they just rally back and, you know, here they are. I, I think they're so good. They're playing so well that – it's going to be tough to beat them, whoever they have to play from this point on. All right. You just mentioned Michigan, and uh, they were eliminated by Louisville, who also had to kind of play that loser bracket mentality. They put a 20 spot on them to force the loser leave town game. Got the big lead. It slips away. They go to the eighth inning. Next thing you know, Masterman goes yard. They put a four spot up. They knock them off and move on. Do you get the same sense with Louisville, kind of playing with house money because they they were in no man's land, found a way to win. They're hitting the baseball like nobody's business, but they got to take it on the road. Great environment at A&M. They got a great crowd and obviously a really good baseball team. So what about the mindset of Coach Mack, who's been there, done that as far as Super Regionals and getting to Omaha and taking that team on the road in that environment at A&M? 
Yeah. So first off, I I just want to thank Louisville for winning that series because I hammered Michigan and the Big Ten baseball. Like I got, (laughs) I was all over them, and then people were just trolling me all over social media. So thankfully, Louisville ended up uh, winning this series. But so the the thing with Coach Mack, he is so calm and he's so laid back that this whole thing um, about how they had to fight their way back. It's not that big of a deal for him. And he translates that to his players thinking, you know, the same thing. Guys, let's just go out and compete. Go out and compete and see what happens. Do the best that we can on the field and see what happens. Um, And, you know, he even said after the series was over that these kind of things can help them grow and help them get better to be able to battle and deal with the adversity that they had going through this series. So now when they have to go to A&M in this hostile environment, it's going to be obviously tough, but they're ready for it, you know. And some of the quotes that uh, some of the players, Dalton Rushing especially, was saying that they're ready for moments like this. They've been they've been in in big situations. They've played in front of big crowds, so they're ready. They're ready for this challenge. And Masterman hitting a home run every single game. It's crazy. Levi Usher. I mean, we can go up and down this list too. They got a ton of guys that just absolutely can rake at the plate. All right, let's jump to uh, Notre Dame. Uh, I said earlier in the show today, Danny, that if Link Jarrett can hand the ball to John Michael Bertrand tomorrow in Knoxville and he can go do things that he does, Notre Dame has a great chance here against the the number one overall seed and a team who's you know on an assault to win 60, which is crazy. But the idea that they have to go do that on the road – I mean, if they were to steal that game tomorrow with Bertrand, that just gives Notre Dame kind of free feeling, I got to believe, for the next two and really, really, really puts the pressure on Tennessee, I think. Yeah, you know, I think the pressure is on Tennessee before pitch one even starts. Uh, I feel like everybody expects them to be the College World Series champions already. And, and just and I know they've had a great season and they're a, a excellent ball club, you know, Pitching, they're great. Offensively, they're great. Defensively, they're great. But so is Notre Dame. Notre Dame is really good. People don't know how good they are unless you watch them. Their their defense, I I will take their defense hands down with anybody in the country. They are so fundamentally sound. Link Jarrett has done a great job with getting these guys to be able to play on the defensive side. And, yes, John Michael Bertrand, I mean, he's done it all year, right? He's he's been able to keep – hitters off balance. He's been able to blow fastballs by him when he needed to. He's been able to throw secondary pitches for strikes. So he's the kind of guy that could kind of upset this Tennessee lineup. And, you know, I I said it before they even were in this bracket to be able to, to win and then face these guys. I said that Notre Dame is going to make it to the college world series, regardless who they have to play. And I'm sticking with that. I, I, I definitely think that they can match up well with, with Tennessee, this team doesn't – they don't strike out a lot, Notre Dame. They go out and put the ball in play. They come up with big hits. They got guys – David Lamana, the catcher, nobody talks about David Lamana, but I'm telling you, every time I, I do a game, we're covering what he does offensively, driving in runs and hitting, getting big hits. So they have guys that are, are out there that can compete. So I, I feel good about Notre Dame. and People got to think I'm the craziest person in the world, but – uh, I believe in what Notre Dame has and, and what they throw out there on the field. And I believe in Link Jarrett. I played against Link Jarrett in college. And uh, he's a baseball genius. 
he'll figure out a way. So I, I love Notre Dame in this. Well, if you are right, Danny, uh, that would extend the streak of, hey, the number one overall seed has yet to win the national championship in baseball this century because <clears throat> Miami is the last one to do it in 99. Why do you think that's the case? I, I can't think of another sport where the perceived number one team in the country can't figure out a way to win the national championship like we have in baseball. It really is remarkable. It is. And, and, you know, the two years that when I was at Miami, we went to the College World Series. We were number one team in the, in the nation in 92 and 94. And we we got hammered. We we didn't make it either. So whatever the reason is, I, I think it's just because of baseball. That you can have the best team on the field like Tennessee, and you can have a, a team that's not very good. So let's say Kentucky. Kentucky is the only team that um, – that won a series against Tennessee this year. It shouldn't have been on the same field with them, but they won the game, right? So baseball is a game that you don't have to be the best on paper or have the best day. If you have a starting pitcher that pitches well, you're going to beat that. You can beat the other team. So whereas other sports, it's yes, baseball is a team sport. And I don't want people to get mad at me for saying this, but if your pitcher is dealing the rest of the team just scored me one run, and we'll, we'll figure this out. You know what I'm saying? Other sports, you need more than just one guy to win a game for you. Pac, it's about pitching. Well, it always is. I, you, you know, I, I totally agree to that. I mean, if you, got the, if you got pitching, I like your chances. All right, so at the end of the day, Danny, you like Notre Dame to surprise Tennessee. Mm. The ACC gets how many teams to Omaha, in your humble opinion? <laughs> so, I, I, listen, I can't go back on what I said. I, I said this on uh, the All ACC show last week, or maybe the week before. I said four. I know that's a, that, that's half the field, but guys, I've watched a lot of these teams play lately, and they are going to be tough to beat. All these ACC teams are going to be tough to beat, and that's no disrespect to the SEC teams, but these guys. I mean, this conference, we all know how great this conference has been all year. Even the, the teams with losing records, they have losing records because the conference is so good. Um, so I, I truly believe I'm going to stick with four. I can't go back on, on what I said, right? And if, I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm going for four. All right, you're going for the entire sweep. Virginia Tech, yes. North Carolina, Louisville, and Notre Dame all going to move on to Omaha next week. You're on record. That's right. I'm on record, um, and plus that that means three SEC teams go home. That would be true. Based on these matchups, that yeah. would be an accurate statement if you are correct. <laughs> if you yes. are correct. Uh, Danny Graves Danny Graves will be back on this show next week in some form or fashion, and when he is, uh, we'll discuss his long visit with Willie McGee. But we'll save that Ooh. for the next visit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look at here. Look, look, go ahead. Good enough. Put it. it on that flow. There it is right there, Pac. That's right. How about that? You know what? Some, somewhere Aaron Katzman is jealous like nobody's business with you with that lid on. Yeah. Guarantee you that. Yeah. Danny, I did get a text from him. what will it take for you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what will it take for you to surrender that hat to Aaron Katzman, executive of production and studio for ACC Network? There we go. Well, I mean, I would I would easily trade it for a 10-year extension with ACC Network. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That's, a, that's, that's what it's worth. It's what it's worth. Everybody's got a price. 
Everybody's got a price, Danny. There you go. All right. Uh, Thanks, Danny. Be well. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. All ACC, by the way, is your home following Super Regionals on Friday. Little late night All ACC after dark. Midnight start time. Breaking down all the Friday Super Regional action and previewing the Saturday games right here on ACC Network and streaming live on the ESPN app. Buona notte. When we come back, the great dominating performances in championship history in the ACC on the 49th anniversary of Secretariat winning the Belmont by 31 links. We review a list next. And your tweets on Packer and Durham. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham on a Thursday, 844-SAY-ACCN, the number for the program. Appreciate Danny Graves joining us. Coming up in about 15 minutes, Link Jarrett talking Notre Dame baseball. They got the task of trying to take down the number one team in the country in Tennessee in Knoxville. That Super Regional gets started tomorrow in Tennessee. That'll be a big one. All right. Uh, most dominant performances in ACC's history in title games, kind of our list of the day, if you will, uh, celebrating the 49th anniversary of Secretariat's 31-length win at the Belmont to capture the Triple Crown in 1973. Uh, If you weren't with us when the show began, I'm sorry, (laughs) but the fact that Secretariat did this in 1973 led us to a story where some 10 years later, Youthful Mark Packer on a trip to Rupp Arena with Billy ended up at Claiborne Farms outside of Lexington staring at the horse. Well, I don't know if I was – I mean, it wasn't an eyeball-to-eyeball thing. That was a big horse, man. I think – I don't don't think it was 10 years after. I think it was like probably late 70s would be my guess. Uh, Young Mark Packer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I had no interest in getting on the horse, which wasn't an option. Um, you know, I kind of kicked her off the jockey opportunity and lost that 10 years prior. Um, but the, the thing that was amazing about it was uh, running into Red Skelton, legendary, iconic comic, <laughs> was also, there he is right there, Red Skelton. <laughs> Quite frankly, I think it was kind of dressed that way, uh, minus the stogie. There's Red Skelton. For anybody that has any idea what I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah, Red Skelton was part of it. Uh, and he always had that cigar, man. He always had that long cigar. Hall of Famer, you know, Wes. I mean, you and Red Skelton have a lot in common. You're in multiple Hall of Fames. You and Red Skelton. Me, on the other hand, Hall of Fame lists. Hall of Fame lists. All right. All right. Let me, let me qualify by saying Red Skelton was a vaudeville comedian who had a terrific career in radio that's right and then went to television in the 60s and had a sunday night variety show if you will for several years on the cbs television network um and and in in the 80s apparently he was in a did you tell the story separate car from you and Billy at Claiborne separate Farms? Car, yes, we were, we did not travel to yeah. Claiborne Farms yeah. together. Uh, we got there first, you and know, then all of a sudden you, he showed up yeah. and got out. I was like, "Wow, there's Red Skelton. Yeah. Who knew? Red Skelton. 
Did he have one of his one of the Mrs. Skeltons come with him on the um, trip? Do you remember? I, I was I don't remember that part. I just remember him getting out, and of course he always his hair was always kind of all over the place. He had the long cigar, and uh, hey, he's kind of had doing like his little act and all that stuff. But uh, Red Skelton was there to see Secretariat <laughs> along with the Packers. Who knew? What a combination. Like I said earlier today, if you had Red Skelton, Secretariat, and Claiborne Farms in the Packer Durham bingo, you were a winner by 7.15 this morning. Oh, True story. But Secretariat in person, and this coming from somebody that's scared to death of horses, uh, it was a massive animal. I just could not believe the size of the horse. Incredible. And the stall, the barn... Uh, he was in there by himself. I mean, I'm right. telling you, you could throw a bunch of pizzas on the ground and eat it right off the floor and not have any problem. I mean, it was perfect. I mean, it was, I mean, that horse lived life, man. Superstar. Secretariat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Superstar. No doubt, right? I mean, you're talking about the first Triple Crown winner in years and won the Belmont by 31 links and. Uh, when ESPN at the turn of the century did this thing called Sports Century and they counted down the top 100 athletes of the 20th century, he was in the top 10, created all this fervor about the list, by the way. I thought they were right. I thought he was unbelievable. Um, but they also found out that when Secretary passed away, they realized his heart for a normal racehorse was twice the size of a normal horse's heart. Um, size of a Volkswagen. Amazing, amazing animal. Yep, size of a Volkswagen. <laughs> Stop. It was not the size of a Volkswagen. It led us to this conversation about dominant teams, though, in ACC history, okay? And in championship games. And you can go back and cite, I mean, Clemson's win against Alabama in the national championship game to cap the 2018 college football season, January of 19. 44-16 was the final. It was a dominant performance by Clemson. Now, the Tigers were massive underdogs in the public eye to most, and yet A.J. Terrell's interception and pick six to start the game seemingly sounded the alarms for a night that would just, you know, quite frankly, take a chunk out of Alabama's legacy that night. I mean, well, you know, I, destined to be something and then have it denied at the doorstep. Uh, it also uh, uh, just disintegrated narratives, uh, which some people have still held a grudge to this day. And if you listen and right. watch some shows, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but they embarrassed a bunch of people that night. I mean, there were a lot of folks who yep. in the SEC media that were proclaiming this is the greatest college football team ever. And as I mentioned earlier, yep. they got annihilated and uh, if Dabo Sweetie wasn't such a nice guy he'd have put another seven on him uh, in the last uh, 20 seconds of the game but he took a knee or otherwise it'd have been 50 something to 16 I mean that was just one of those nights that quite frankly you know what that team with the paw on their helmet they were awesome and they were and there were a lot of people like I said to this they still hold a grudge for making them look like fools uh, for running their mouth about how great Alabama was but Clemson was fantastic yeah Yeah, I think that when you start looking at kind of where these dominant performances are, you've got one in lacrosse that was tweeted into us. Virginia beating UMass convincingly by eight goals. North Carolina's won 21 national championships in women's soccer, but a 9-1 victory over Duke. 
certainly stands out. The great Mia Hamlet, that team in the 90s. And then you get to like a recent note, Carolina's woodshed job of Michigan State at Ford Field was brought to our attention. And I think those are all really good examples of dominating national championship performances. Miami was tweeted to us when they beat Nebraska in the old BCS at the Rose Bowl. I think those are all terrific examples of teams that have, you know, gotten to that moment, that pinnacle moment, and just destroyed the opponent they had on that stage. Well, I said earlier, the Miami football team of, of 01 would have beaten just about anything that walked. And that Nebraska team they played, mm-hmm. to me, was not even a vintage Nebraska team. Takes that away from how great right. Miami's program was at the time, and that team in particular. But I thought North Carolina and Roy Williams in 09, that basketball team in the run they had, not only for just the national championship game, where they embarrassed Tom Izzo and Michigan State at Ford Field in their backyard, but that run for the entire tournament, they destroyed people. That, that, there were no competitive yep. games. And that does not happen very often in the NCAA Benz basketball tournament. I mentioned Jay Wright and Villanova kind of pulled off that same trick a few years ago. Um, you know, Baylor had a great team a couple of years back. It, it happens from time to time, but it doesn't happen very often. But that North Carolina team, of, of all the basketball concepts that we've had in this league with so many great national championship teams, North Carolina's 9 team, to me, was the one that had that unbelievable run where you just knew it didn't matter who was on the other end, you were in for a woodshed job. And Roy's team that uh, particular yep. year, that was a special group. There's a team from the ACC who's trying to uh, climb that mountain this weekend. That's Link Jarrett in Notre Dame. They are on the road at the nation's top seed, Tennessee. And when we come back, the head coach of the Fighting Irish will join us as he gets ready to go to the Super Regionals in Knoxville. We will talk to Link Jarrett. We'll do that next when Packer and Durham continues on ACC Network. Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. It's a Thursday. I hear that music. Hey, that's a walk-up music right there. Hey, Florida State grad, Florida State grad, Jake Owen, Link Jarrett. That's walk-up music, my man. That's what we asked for. I didn't even know Jake. That's crazy. I didn't know he was an FSU guy. I just, my wife was laughing about this because, to be honest, I she's like, you're right. You don't wear blue jeans very often, and you never go barefoot, and it's the vision of that and how comfortable and relaxing that may be if you ever get that moment i just hold that yeah. song at a whole nother level just dreaming of one day maybe just wandering around barefoot jeans beach i, I don't know she hey, thought that was pretty good how about you come out uh, tomorrow a pair of jeans and barefoot and say hey tennessee let's go play some baseball that'd, that'd put them on their heels with the, fan, the fans the fans may love that i just may go to the home plate meeting like that um on that turf hopefully it's not too hot uh, my feet aren't seasoned for that sort of thing but um they'd like it mm. You have got to be thrilled with the way your team handled all of the things kind of thrown at them last week in Statesboro. But but here's kind of the nugget on this. How much does that help now going to the top seed in this event in a two out of three situation, Link? How much carryover is there for what you experienced last weekend to now going down in this silo of you got to win two or three to go to Omaha? Well, 
the regional, you know, having to go a third of the way across the country again. And our, our trips, when you think about the 10 or 11 trips we've made this season, it just you're adding another dimension into the postseason travel. Um, the seven-hour rain delay that we had after Bertrand threw one inning, trying to figure out how to manage eight innings of a game, and Liam Simon coming in and throwing the way he did to um, allow some of the bullpen arms to throw more of the shorter stint that they're used to, that was huge. Um, the rain delay the next day was unusual. I think everything we dealt with in that tournament obviously just gains experience for our guys in, in having to face adversity and figure out a way to manage it and, and play well when the, when the scoreboard is back on and it's time to go and this counts. You have to be at your best. And I, I thought they did that. And quite frankly, throughout the course of the year, watching our guys manage what we have to do to, to play all of our games on the road early and then try to find some rhythm later in the year when it balances out. They've responded so well to all these different variables. Um, you know, Texas Tech was a tough, strong, complete, well-coached team. Georgia Southern, same thing. You know, the teams we played in that regional were tough, um, and our guys responded. The games never extended. You know, I thought the, the park played differently than the other two weekend series I had played there. The wind was blowing in a little bit, so the scores of the games were maybe different than we expected going in. We pitched well defended some timely double plays turning your attention to Tennessee they're they're clearly um, the most consistent dynamic team in our sport um, and and I told our team guys we don't have to match what they did this season I don't know if anybody's going to match what they've done this season but the good thing is we're not into comparison of season we're in competition of who can win two of the three games and our engagement in finding ways to win and being creative, I think that's one of the strengths of our team. Um, it's going to take all of that to compete with Tony's team, and they're, they're so deep and talented and well-coached. Um, but we don't have to match their season. We have to figure out a way to win one game at a time, and if you win two out of three, you end up in the, the most special venue you could ever think of to play for a national championship. Link, we just got done talking to Danny Graves, who, by the way, likes you to win this series. Just not to put a little, add a little oomph to it, but he, he likes you to win this series. But we talked to him a lot about Virginia Tech in the sense that, hey, they're the only team left of the 16 that's never been in the Super Regional. They get to host, and it's like uh, Christmas morning. You, on the other hand, last year had to go to Mississippi State. Incredible venue, mm. great baseball team. It was a great, tough series. They went on to win the national title. How much does that experience from a year ago help you beginning tomorrow at Tennessee? I think it's huge. Um, now, the execution within the game and the pitch execution and the offensive timeliness of what you're doing in the, the team defense, those things hold true no matter where you are and no matter what the conditions are you're playing in. Um, but to feel what that was like last year, uh, it, it was the biggest on-campus crowd I think ever in the history of an on-campus three-game series so it was phenomenal and those fans were were great they loved it our guys loved it you can't ask for any more um you know you are on a different surface the confines are different you have an hour and 15 minutes to practice today um so 
how quickly you acclimate to the surroundings, it's important. Now, we have been there, and I, I don't think you can put a true value on that, but the first time you're there, it has a far different feel um, in your preparation with the team. What are they thinking? What's it like in the dugout? Then once you've been through that, they can instantly calibrate to things that happened last year and understanding you know, the magnitude of the event. I, I think our Super Regional might be the most exciting series that college baseball has ever seen here. Um, their fans are mm. clearly into it. Their team is into it. You know, our guys are going to match that. It's going to be phenomenal. And, and yes, to answer your question, having gone through it last year, knowing that you can't talk essentially at parts of the game when it's loud on the field, you have to, you have to play the game in a manner that allows you to communicate and function without some of the verbal communication that may go on um, when the crowd is not as engaged as they will be this weekend. So we're prepared for that. Link, I want to ask you about your opponent here, and I want to ask you about characteristics they have as opposed to just really good pitching and really good hitting and, you know, they're really good on defense. There's something I saw last weekend in watching their regional where they fall behind to Campbell. They fall behind to Georgia Tech, and they rally both times. And when they fell behind to Campbell and fell behind to Georgia Tech, it was two of the better pictures. I mean, Georgia Tech was ahead of beam 4 nothing, I think, on – on Sunday night. Um, when I started to watch those games and you see that particular characteristic of their ability to come back, especially what they did to Danny's club last Sunday night in innings seven, eight, and nine, what does that tell you? You played for a guy, you played in a program that knows how to win. You've got that layer about your coaching career. What did you learn watching Tennessee about who you'll see in that ballpark tomorrow? Well, confidence. Right? They're, they're very confident, and confidence comes, number one, with really your track record and what you've done, and they clearly have laid that foundation for years. Um, the talent through the lineup, like when you've hit 150 home runs and stolen 90 bases and have a 2-4 ERA, uh, that goes a long way, too, because as the innings and the outs and the at-bats wear on, uh, you know, their physicality and talent and capabilities and the confidence with which they play does add up. So being down when you have this kind of firepower obviously doesn't phase them. That's what makes it difficult. Um, every pitch, every play is critical because if, if you give a team like this opportunities to have extra outs or, or too many variables that add to their weaponry, which is clearly phenomenal all things played clean you're asking for problems so um rarely do you play perfect baseball and when we talk about that you can win games in a lot of ways and rarely do you play a game that is completely flawless but overcoming some of the things that happen when it's not perfect is the key to managing kind of the emotion and the confidence that this team plays with and on our side they're probably not going to play perfect either. Like you, you watch major league games and there are things that happen that give other teams opportunities to grab momentum. That momentum could come from the pitching side, from some good plays on defense that you pull back into the dugout and then it sometimes spills over into your offense. Whatever it takes, when you get it, you have to ride it. And then, you know, to counter that, you just don't want to give a team that's this talented opportunities to – 
capitalize on on some of the things and the momentum and the confidence with which they play. So the depth of their team, you know, the power arms on the front end, they've got variety in the bullpen. Um, so they're complete, but complete teams don't always play perfect. And you'll probably see moments in this thing where there are some opportunities for either team to capitalize. When we get it, we have to take advantage and we have to limit that on their side. Link, uh, you've had great success in the job you've done at Notre Dame. Well, what would a Omaha appearance mean to you in Notre Dame baseball? Well, to watch these guys engage in the academics and to achieve in the classroom at, at a level we've never seen here, to have a team over a 3-2 GPA at Notre Dame. And we have guys that started master's classes yesterday on our team that are coming back for their fifth year. So, you know, we had to get them excused from orientation and, and our academic staff was so helpful with that. Um, watching them answer the demands, any student athlete has these demands, but I just appreciate how hard these guys work. I see how we travel and where we have to go. If you look at our schedule, you know, to open your ACC road slate um, at NC State, at Louisville and at Florida State, that's what's staring at you right out of the gate before you ever really played a complete home series. They've responded. So to take this group to Omaha, what they represent for me is the epitome of what student athletes are asked to do and to achieve it at the highest possible level. Whether we get there or not, these guys deserve it. And, and I can't speak highly enough about how these guys have answered in every part of their role at Notre Dame. They engage with the community locally, regionally, nationally when we're on the road. The emails I get when we come back and Jack Swarbrick, our AD, like people have commented publicly on how our guys carry themselves. And you'll see it in the press conferences this weekend. They're great kids. Families are phenomenal. You know, they get here with such a good foundation and what they've done it means the world. They deserve to be out there. But at the end of the day, we have to play the type of baseball against a, a powerful team that allows you to get to that moment. All right. How we doing? We, uh, we're ready to go. We're going to hand the ball to the left-hander at some point. You got all that worked out. You got all your cards and everything put together, huh? Ready to go. Well, we're ready to go. Now, the left-hander is probably going to get the ball on Saturday. Just he threw Sunday. He threw eight-something innings on Sunday. So, when you deal with the weather, the way we had to deal with it. So, you know, after one inning on Friday, you kind of look at how this template's going to lay out because we weren't going to throw him on Saturday. We wanted him fresh and rested to try to give you as normal a start as he could, and that was on Sunday. Hmm. Um, because of that, we're not going to bring him back on Friday just for his own – health and safety. So Temple will go tomorrow and then we'll mm. throw Bertrand on Saturday, which is fine. And, you know, Bertrand having mm -hmm. a chance, he's a pitchability guy. So maybe having a chance to see in person, like what this really looks like, what those swings look like, feel it out a little bit, maybe that helps him. Um, but either way, um, that's what we thought was best for the two individuals. And we're bringing Temple back a, a day early in terms of having a full week. But that's okay. They're groomed to, to no. move up a day. We didn't think two days for Bertrand was really fair. So, um, you know, we'll, no. we'll go Temple Bertrand. Well, listen, congratulations all right. on all your success to date. Uh, best of luck this weekend in Knoxville. And just keep up the great work. We appreciate it a great deal. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. 
All right, Link. You bet. Link Jarrett, head baseball coach Notre Dame. His team gets the volunteers tomorrow, Friday night. Six o'clock first pitch from Knoxville on ESPN2. When we come back, final segment of the uh, Thursday Packer Endurance. On this date, have you ever heard of Rally Bourbon? Well, you're going to hear the story about that when we come back to it. It's not as good as Red Skelton, but it's close, and it's next. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham. Final segment of show number 643. That's your lucky number today, 643. All right, you got it? Good. What's the matter with you, Wes? You all right down there in Cartersville, Virginia? I'm good. Yeah, Virginia. You had it right. Um, on this date three years ago. I remember it well. Um, Mark Packer and I were standing in uh, Pinehurst, North Carolina. Yeah. And you, you commenced the term rally bourbon. Rally bourbon was created. That's exactly right. Yep. We're watching a super regional on television with Florida State and LSU and what was Mike Martin's swan song. Yeah. And Packers started the uh, started the ninth inning by saying, I tell you what, they get a hit here. I'm going to pour another Woodford Reserve, courtesy of our buddy Wallace Beeson. Yeah. And Florida State got a hit in the ninth, and all of a sudden, we heard a rally bourbon. Yeah, and all of a sudden, and guess we took, what happened in the 12th? That's right. We took full credit for the win for Coach Martin as they celebrated down there in Baton Rouge, which is another great place to watch yep. a game. And rally bourbon had been created, and uh, the rest is history. Yep. That was some kind of night for Coach, now. <laughs> that was some kind of That was a great baseball game. Great baseball. Oh, game. yeah. That's. And yeah, Cal Phillips catching. Yeah, Drew Mendoza's big hit, and eleven goes to Omaha in his final ride with the Seminoles. Huh? Yeah. Nothing rally better bourbon. than that guy doing that that night. Yep, Man, oh, yeah. Oh, shoot. That rally uh, bourbon. By the so, way, rally bourbon is uh, still undefeated, if I'm not mistaken. Still undefeated, rally bourbon. That is correct. Yeah. Yep. Now that you're back to red wine, does that mean Rally Bourbon's in play this weekend for the ACCs? I uh, I um, I haven't touched the bourbon this year. Uh, I did touch the red grapes Ooh. in Italy, uh, a lot of them. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. Oh yeah, you did. And uh, yeah. Yeah. so I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm I'm trying to get back to my my you know moderation thing, but I've done a. I've got to be honest yeah. with you. Coming back from Italy, I've done a nice job this week. I've not had any bread. Yeah. I've not had any desserts. I've not had any alcohol. Nice. So I'm right back into the flow. Good. Okay. Now, I, 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 put, right. uh, I put nine on, by the way, Wes, plus nine on the scale after Italy. That's good. Plus nine. Yeah. Uh, you, you kids may want to hit a Packer with the uh, hashtag rally bourbon on the social media this weekend if you sense an ACC team needs a lift. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That uh, could be. That might be. You know what? That might be my next TikTok is Rally Bourbon. What do you think? There you go. Great, great. You like sure. that? Now that I'm a TikTok star. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, all right. We need to say congratulations to Florida State's Trey Cunningham, comma, friend of the show. That's right. Uh, finished the 110-meter semifinals in 13.21 to lead all competitors. Already won the national title at 60 meters indoors. 
now into the finals tomorrow in the 110 hurdles. How many Krispy Kremes could you eat in 13.21, pack? Two. They got to be hot. You got to be able to put them together and squish them, and then you swallow whole. 13.21 seconds. I think he can do two. Max of two. Okay. Max. All right. That wasn't that wasn't the only highlight though from the uh, track and field. We had no, a national right. champion from Notre Dame yesterday in the uh, ten thousand meters. How about that, Dylan Jacobs? Yeah. How many mm-hmm. could you eat in twenty eight minutes, twelve seconds, and thirty two one hundred, Spike? Um, I might be able to go <laughs> minute to donut. I mean, that might be a match, straight up, straight up match. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh. Oh, you know what? I, I felt like I was doing that with gelato in Italy. That was almost a one minute to one to one combination. But congratulations to Dylan Jacobs. Though. <clears throat> Ten thousand meters—that's a ton. That's a bunch. That's uh, a lot. That's Ten thousand meters is a lot of meters. That's a that's, lot of meters. That's not on my agenda right now. That is a lot of congratulations. A lot of wellness walks there, Pac. Yeah, a lot of wellness walks. The uh, women get cranked up today, though. Men got started yesterday in Eugene for the NCAA championships. The women get started today. So we wish uh, everybody the very best. And, of course, Trey Cunningham, who's been, like you said, a friend of the show. We wish him the best to go ahead Mm -hmm. and close the deal for the Knowles and for the ACC. Yep. Um, We have four teams in the Super Regionals. Notre Dame starts play at 6 o'clock tomorrow. Louisville, 8.30 tomorrow. Virginia Tech, 3 o'clock tomorrow. Carolina does not get going until 11 a.m. on Saturday. Right. So, we'll keep an eye on that for you. But, uh, nonetheless, the, uh, the situation opening for four ACC teams in the regionals. Should be pretty exciting stuff, I think. Hope so. I hope uh, Mother Nature cooperates with everybody. I mean, there's nothing mm, worse when this true. thing gets out of because it can get out of sync, right? I mean, you got some series going to go two, some could go three. You get Mother Nature. You got North Carolina, as you said, starting on Saturday. Weather forecast is not great as of today, but you know what? The weather folks are always wrong. Uh, so hopefully they'll be able to get the game in and all that good stuff. But uh, I- I'm excited. I-, I love, as you know, I love baseball. I love this tournament. I think it's the best one the NCAA yep. does. It's the hardest one to win. I'm on record with that. Some folks disagree, and that's fine. But the fact that uh, Miami is the last team, is the number one overall seed, the win to deal, and that was 1999, <clears throat> tells you how tough this is. But uh, it's going to be exciting. Yep. Three, three of the four matches are ACC, SEC, so it's all good. I, I can't wait to watch it and see where it goes. Thanks to Mark Richt. Thanks to Danny Graves. Thanks to Link Jarrett for being part of show 643 today. Uh, Casey O'Brien produced. Drew Brooks offered editorial commentary. Uh, Chrissy Velez directed. And appearances were made by Red Skelton and Secretariat. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow. This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371.